0: Everyone knows how to play poker, Poker. but do you know how to play
1: poker well?
0: Well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games, hear interviews with the stars, get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. This is Poker Action Line, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
2: And welcome once again, everyone. This is Poker Action Line. We do the show from South Florida every week and bring it to you uh one new thing uh one new way to get the show we just uh are, found out about uh, in the last couple of weeks is that we are now on SoundCloud which is i guess one of the great places to uh pick up any kind of uh, any kind of show geo or just podcasts all music and that sort of thing yeah i guess there's a lot of music on there in fact uh, a couple of bands that i had seen in the past showed up immediately when i got in so they tracked that somehow uh, anyway, we are uh, available on SoundCloud, and it's very, very good. It's a very good app, and uh, there's a lot of great ways to uh, listen to the show. You can move forward and back very easily, and uh, that's something that I haven't had access to uh, for a while. But, uh, you know, there's different places you can get us. Of course, you can always get us on our uh, website at PokerActionLine.com and go back and listen to a lot of the older programs. Uh, first, By the way, today is our uh, seventh anniversary. Today? Well, pretty much uh, the area of early March. That's right. We did start in early start, March. I think, on March 10th. I think today's actually the 8th, but I would say this is about as close as we get to seven full years of doing this program. Boy, you remember that? Yeah, it's I had amazing. to get up. At an ungodly
0: hour on Sunday morning to
2: drive, to drive all the way up to Pompano from Miami. Anyway, we'll reminisce in just a second. But uh, uh, seven years and uh, SoundCloud is is probably going to be the best way that you can find a show. Uh, you can you can go to the website uh, pokeractionline com. You can also go to on a regular basis if you listen to a lot of shows. Go to holdemradio which is uh, has a lot of excellent shows. I know we were on uh, Friday evening at about, I think, about 6.30. We followed uh, uh, the Annie Up uh, podcast. Uh, I also work for those guys it's from over in Tampa. They've been doing a show longer than we have, like nine years. They've been on the air, nine or ten. And uh, we they preceded us, and they're, we are followed by a couple of interesting shows as well. So a lot of good stuff on there. I felt like last week was one of our best shows. We had Stacy here in the studio. Two times she's been in studio. Yeah, she's fantastic. fantastic. It's uh, I listened to the show today, and uh, I can be pretty critical of my own work, but uh, I really thought that that was a great show and uh, one that I think people should listen to. Maybe some people are tired of that whole discussion of Kasuf and the things we talked about, but uh, you know, this to was me, that's a nice that's little one of twist the, to it. This was
0: yeah. a little twist to to what what we have all seen on ESPN and what she spoke about
2: the first time. Exactly, here, so. and getting her thoughts as she watched the program and everything. It's really a good show. Anyway. uh... Uh, There's been some good stuff on here lately, and uh, we will talk tournaments tonight. Uh, Just to wrap up where else you can get the show, PokerFuse is a podcast page. uh, They carry us on there every week. We appreciate that uh, greatly. And also there's an app called Stitcher.com. I don't know the popularity of that. Recently, uh, one time it was very popular, but... um, you can always check us out there. It's uh, full of podcasts, and you can just go ahead and search Poker Action Line. And the easiest way probably is iTunes, if you have iTunes on your computer. So just go ahead and search it and uh, subscribe, and you'll have it every week uh, from us. Anyway, uh, let's reminisce for a second. Uh, it's always fun. We look back on seven years, and and uh, I forget it, some of the, uh, the people till I look at the list of some of the great people we've had on. I mean, we had Annie Duke on. We had... Uh, Of course, uh, champions like Jerry Yang and and Jamie Gold. And that was back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and we've had, uh, of course, Jason Mercier on many times. The Grinder uh, has been on the show along with his three brothers, uh, which was uh, great in the studio and a lot of fun that night. Uh, We started out uh, on a local radio station, 640 AM, which is a sports station in town. And uh, we were on there for 19 months, and uh, then we moved and got together with our our friends over here in Pembroke Pines, uh, Gio and Joe Costello, and uh, they do a program called WFO Radio, which is about uh, really uh, NHRA racing. Uh, it's really a, a great racing show if you're in, in tune to that. So you can always find them. We always like to try to promote them as well. But uh, it's I guess we're closing in on five, over five years that we've been doing the show here, which is pretty crazy. Has it been that long? Yeah.
0: Wow! I can't believe,
2: and this is so much.
0: First of all, you know, <laughs> my apologies to the people before when we first started, but uh, working with Geo, which has been absolutely phenomenal, and and with Joe here, and you know how we get treated here, Dave is is incredible. We had and a couple of good people, and we beginning. did we have had some... uh,
2: Pat O'Connor. We started with, then we had Jay Johnson. Uh, producing the show over there, and then uh, Michael, who uh, finished, kind of finished us out on our time there. So uh, things come and go, and uh, unfortunately, it was pretty expensive to be on in the studio, and uh, we felt like that uh, a lot of people were listening to the uh, show on the internet anyway, so uh, we just made it a podcast and uh, saved a lot of money and basically <laughs> did the same show. Of course, uh, we were more f- uh, Florida, South Florida intensive back then because we were had some local sponsors and uh geared to show more uh to but, uh the south florida region you know what's really nice
0: though we've kind of grown with the poker industry here yeah with, we in, sure in have. the state of florida you know we we were on the air when 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 the high limits came in as a matter of fact i then we just we started it. We right, started in 2010,
2: right. and 2011 was when the changes. Uh, no,
0: I, I thought it was 2000, July 1st of 2010, and I think it was only a few yeah, months after right. we had started. It yeah. was only a few months and, after we had and, started.
2: And just to talk about that real quick is uh, you were with Poker here in Florida from the very beginning, and start off it was quarter 50 cents with a $10 pot limit, oh. and that's just hilarious to think about that now.
0: <laughs> I still remember that first night when they opened the tables and people, Ran to my table, the very first table I've ever dealt in poker. And when it was six handed, you're you're
2: talking about at the Seminole uh, Uh, Classic? No,
0: not at the Seminole Classic, at at
2: Miccosukee. Oh, Miccosukee. Miccosukee,
0: you know, for people who don't know that in South Florida, Miccosukee was the first place in the state of Florida that allowed legal uh, gambling on poker, you know, and they had almost a two year, they actually had over a two year head start on the Seminole Classic which started in, that was April, early April. It 93? was either the first or second of 92 was when Miccosukee okay. opened. The Seminoles opened up in May of 94. Okay. But it, what was so funny, Dave, is they advertised it as $10 poker. So poker players heard that. as And it was the same reaction I had until I actually went that first day when we opened, I was in there for training and realized that it was a $10 pot. Only, but they announced it as ten dollar poker. I'm assuming the max bet was ten dollars. <laughs> six <laughs> players. I'm telling you, four from from Palm Beach County, and two from from Northern Broward. So you know how far a ride that is to Mikasuki, which is down south. Right. They sit down and they're going. I want a thousand. Another guy gives me two thousand. Another guy gives me fifteen hundred. Another guy gives me a thousand. And these people, all six of them, wanted no less than a thousand dollars in chips. And I said, well, gentlemen, please take a seat because what I have to tell you now is going to floor you. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. I proceeded to let them know that it was a quarter-fifty cent well, can game. Can you
2: imagine if you had pocket kings, another guy had pocket jacks, another guy had pocket tens, okay? And everybody's raising around the table. Before the flop, you're already up to 10 bucks. Forget
0: a flop. There was no flop back then. It was a seven-card stud game. Remember? Oh, okay. remember. But, I'm, but I'm, before okay. you
2: got to Fifth
0: Street. The pot was capped.
2: Okay. The pot Not, was capped. But I'm talking about when there, let's say, when there was a flop, when we were playing Hold'em, and uh, this is later after your, yes. this time you're talking. Uh, in fact, when did uh, Paramutuals start having this 25-50 uh, poker?
0: 25-cent, uh, paramut- 50-cent right? The Paramutuals started this in...
2: 97, right? They
0: would legally open, I believe, because um, uh, we didn't start until uh, Miami Highlight opened their doors on June 21st uh, of 97. Okay. Tampa had started a month before us, our, our sister uh, Fronton up in Tampa at the time. But it was legal as of October 1st of 96.
2: Okay. And, it took a while to get things and uh, what ramped up. And
0: it so Flagler, I know Flagler, which is now Magic City... Started there because back then they were seasonal, six months open. You know they shared time with with Mardi Gras and um, even Biscayne. I, don't, th-
2: then, I, don't, th- I don't think I don't think anything is named the same. Uh, you know, uh, Hollywood Greyhound Track became Mardi Gras. Flagler Greyhound Track became Magic City. Right. Uh, Miami Highline became the Casino at Miami. <laughs> Uh, Then it, uh, you know, Hylia Park is still called the right, same. Right,
0: it's still Hylia Park. But do you know? I I don't know why Flagler changed theirs to Magic City. I I think it was to take advantage of Miami being known as the Magic City back right, back right. in the in the day. You know, back in the fifties and sixties and stuff, which was very smart of them to do that. But Mardi Gras was Hollywood Dog Track. And the reason they changed their name is because once they, once the all the the casinos and everything else came in, Hollywood wanted to get paid for for them using their name. Right. So they, so, I guess they couldn't come to an agreement, or Hollywood tried to. Well, you nobody know.
2: got along back in those days, none of the paramatros could agree on, uh, you know, whether the sky was blue or, or gray. Right, but this was just with the city for naming rights yeah, exactly. of the of the dog truck. Well, well, the point I wanted to make was was back in the twenty five fifty cent days, uh, with a ten dollar pot limit. It's like it's going around the table. People are raising. If you got three big pairs, for instance, uh, say one guy flops a quads, and he can't even raise because it's frozen. The pot's right. frozen. It's ridiculous. And, and, you know, I don't even imagine how people wanted to play that game back then. And, and it's not only that you
0: can't imagine, Dave. It was incredible because I looked at this, and, you know, you, you'll forgive me, but I used to call it mental masturbation because it was just it was just there was nothing else to do. But Mikasuki would open back then. We opened at 6 at night and stayed open till 6 in the morning. We opened the first night with 10 tables. Within two weeks, we had like 16, 18 tables. And what I'm telling you, Dave, by 6 o'clock, when we opened those doors, five minutes later, every single table was full. Back then, they dealt to six players. Why they didn't put seven, I don't know. You know, but I guess it's because maybe people couldn't fold, so they were afraid of running out of cards, not knowing that you can go into the burn cards to give out an extra card or right, so. Right,
2: right.
0: And we would have a waiting list of 70, 80 people. It was incredible. People would literally stay there for 12 hours. You have no chance because what people didn't realize is the rake was $0.25 cents a person. So think about it. If the pot maxed out, if the pot maxed out at ten dollars, which a lot of times there the pot was at nine twenty five with four players, no one could bet anymore because if everybody called, you'd go over the ten dollars. Wow, wow. So the pot would literally just be nine twenty five, okay? And you know, it, it was just ridiculous. Uh, that you know, we we couldn't stop we couldn't stop these people from coming in.
2: Okay, so that was ninety seven, and then we know that the handcuffs no, that, really came no, off. No,
0: that was ninety two.
2: Well, you're talking about the very beginning. Okay, ninety two uh, was
0: in Mikasuki, and then uh, yeah, the I'm looking at the parameters oh, really paramutuals, when yes.
2: everybody started to have poker. Uh, but from ninety seven to two thousand ten, when they took the handcuffs off, and all of a sudden you could have nice tournaments and everything, there was like an intermediate change in there in the middle, which involved. Involved what? Going from the quarter fifty cent to the ten dollar limit to
0: to the fifty cent dollar.
2: And what kind of pot limit? No pot limit. No pot
0: limit. No pot. No pot limit. But three three raises max. That was that was around two thousand six. Okay, right around that time, then 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 they allowed us to go to uh, a one two. The restriction was you could only buy in for a hundred dollars. Okay. You can, you know, wager whatever you wanted to, but the restriction was you could only buy in for a hundred dollars at that time, so um. And then eventually, you know, they they opened the the floodgates and as then, they say. Back and, in and then the and so.
2: tournaments increased. Uh, you know, that you could have tournaments of every any limit. And I was talking about this this weekend because I was up at the aisle for their uh, their big tournament, which was a fifteen hundred dollar buy in uh, this year. Uh, I actually played in one of the events. They had a couple forty dollar events, which uh, really kind of perked my ears up a little bit. And you know, they had four hundred entries, so a lot of people entered many times, but. Uh, I went ahead and played in that. Uh, I wanted to run by this hand, by by the way. Okay. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, uh, there's been a change in outlook because of the uh, monstrous uh, seminal hard rock in Hollywood that uh, really has cornered the market on uh, the entire tournament uh industry here in south florida for the most part uh one of their biggest competitors was the Isle. at one time they had a fifty three hundred dollar buy-in with a million dollar guarantee i can remember that when mike smith was there and then it went down to 3500 and there was a backing off of some of the guarantees uh mike left go to go to uh, maryland live stan strickland came in from uh, atlantic city and he has been running the room for the past few years, but there's been a constant move, understand, to try to cater to the smaller player and really uh, focus on a niche that uh, the hard rock, I guess, could care less about. So um, there is a lot of smaller tournaments, uh, several under a100 dollars, and uh, the main event now is 1500,. So that makes some people angry, but at least uh, you know, they understand why it's happening.
0: Well, let me tell you something. It's funny that you should mention that. They they, they don't care about that. Uh, don't fool yourself. They they care very, very much so. Uh, our good, I, oh, yes, sir, and uh, I'll tell you why. Our good friend Tony Burns to this show got into it on, uh, on Facebook with uh, the gentleman who's helping us put all the, our tournaments together, making negative comments about all the free rolls that we've been writing. Uh, so... Uh, apparently, you know, where I'm working now at Dania, you know, some of those free rolls and some of the tournaments we've run have hit a little bit in the pocketbook. Now, I'm sure it's, it's at, at worst, it's it's it's, it's a, an annoying mosquitoes, uh, mosquitoes thing, but, you know, for him to even concern himself about a place that was just doing $60,000 a month, when they probably do that in a day sometimes in some of their rooms, um surprise me so if they're concerned about that there trust me they are watching whatever the aisle does uh you know very closely because you definitely don't want your your competitors getting a a, a foothold into a market but as you said you know tournaments is now huge down here yeah. and do you remember how tournaments started do. dave do you I... remember what what the restriction was back then no i don't oh my god because that tournament started under the 25, 50 cent, $10 pot restriction, right? So somebody got very creative. I, I wish I could give credit to whoever it was, but I don't know who it is. But someone got very creative and somehow got the state to approve that you could have a tournament that had X amount of hands had to be played for the amount of money that was being put up and what the prize pool was going to be, and then the tournament would end. Mikasuki started doing sit-and-goes, okay, that were, oh, I think it was whatever, 50 bucks or whatever, but it was 30 hands because it was a total of $300 in, in, in prize pool. So for them to award $300 in prizes, 30 hands technically at $10 a hand would have gotten you to $300. Right. And the tournament would end after third the 30th hand, Reg- regardless of whether there was Ten players on the table or there was two. The tournament would end and whoever had the most amount of chips.
2: Got the whole thing?
0: Got Well, got first place. Whoever had second got second. and Whoever had third got third place. Okay. That's how it was awarded back then. And it was ridiculous because it was so funny because if you had the chip lead with one hand left and there was enough players with enough chips, you were guaranteed second place. Because you wouldn't play unless you were dealt a great hand, you know, so you wouldn't lose all your chips and have somebody else. So these guys would just sit out, and they would be guaranteed second place unless it was a huge pot split between two people. So people were going in blind on that last hand. It was – it's amazing the evolution of poker in the state of Florida what i have what i have seen and what i have played in is is uh incredible because it's it's not much of poker i mean i remember winning a tournament with our tournament uh director which was Jeff Ward back when we first opened up the Miami Highlight we had to go up to the Tampa so we stopped at the Hard Rock or the Seminoles as, as it was back then in Tampa and we played in a in a tournament I happened to win the tournament because I was in fourth place. I had nothing to lose. Went in blind. I didn't even look at my cards until the very end. Everyone else had turned over, and the flop had come. Some guy had hit. Uh, two aces had come on the board, and the guy had an ace with a lower card, and the board had read ace, ace, king, 7, 4, and he had an ace, 7, for an ace full of 7. So I grabbed one card, and I turned over an ace, I go, oh, my God, so I have a chance to beat you. And sure enough, my mother card was the king. So I wound up winning the tournament, but I had no clue, no clue what I had because – there was, there was no was need nothing. To really look at I don't it. care if I had to do seven in my hand. You had to go in that. So, so you really played poker right up until that last hand, and then then it was just a free for all. Everybody put their chips in
2: the center. Okay. Well, the other thing was the uh, the Seminole Compact that came about in 2010. The agreements with uh, Charlie was it Charlie Christ or Charlie yeah, Christ, yeah, Charlie Yes, Charlie Crist was still one. in then, and it was a five year deal. And they were, of course uh, were awarded blackjack for their Indian casinos, and. Uh, you know, there's lots of rules that kind of protected their uh, monopoly on the area. Uh, that ran out in 2015, and it still not has not been renewed. Now the Florida legislature is going back to the drawing board to try to get a renewal on the compact, and there's lots of problems. Uh, so depending on what they do to benefit the paramutuals, uh destination casinos coming into the area, Uh, Other counties and what they'll get as far as gaming is going to influence what the the Seminoles decide to do as far as uh, agreeing on a compact. So basically, two bills have been uh, set up as the legislature got back uh, in session in uh, February. And uh, there are completely different bills, the Senate and the House. Uh, The House bill uh, basically uh, keeps the legislature in charge. And uh, kind of uh, limits gambling, you know, uh, in town. Uh, but uh, they they wanted to halt what's been happening as expansion in recent years. So uh, there can be a problem with that for a lot of people who uh, and, want more gambling.
0: And the House bill also uh, will not allow decoupling. Right. You understand? And that's a big, according to what I, you know, the little that I've read on that, that's a big thing on theirs and, you know if if you've studied the history in the united states of casinos uh the the racinos as they call them you know decoupling almost always happens at one point or another down the line
2: that house bill would also prevent the eight counties that have had like a referendum to try to bring in slots it would uh prohibit them from adding those games uh, places like up in the camp pan panhandle in uh, gadsden county uh palm beach county down in south florida Uh, St. Lucie County, a little bit north of there, and Lee and Hamilton counties as well. Anyway, it would prevent them from doing that. And uh, it also would dedicate uh, the proceeds to charter schools. So that's in the House bill. The Senate bill, on the other hand, would give both Dade and Broward Counties, an additional slot casino, which could be owned by Genting or the Sands or whoever decided to come in and win that... Uh, that, uh, that bid, I that guess? That bid, yeah. And the Seminole Tribes uh, would have their seven full-scale casinos, and uh, also the, those eight counties would get slot parlors, so... The, the Seminoles would add a few table games. It would be good for them in one aspect, but it would also give them a, a lot of competition around the state.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I they have uh, some competition around the state, but, you know, they're big moneymakers down here, and um, I would imagine they would not want to see a, a Genting, a Sands, uh, you know, uh, a Caesar's property down here, uh, giving them full competition, S- especially since I would assume they would be on the beach and offer a much nicer.
2: Well, or the Miami Herald, the land there. You
1: could, well, could that's for the there. Genting,
0: but here in Broward, I mean, listen, they've, I, I, I'd be putting that bad boy on the beach right away, yeah. and uh, you know that that'd just be incredible, uh, with, with offering the beach as as a background to the gambling.
2: Right. So, um, you know, the Senate bill pretty much protects the paramutual industry. Uh, The House bill is more to protect the tribe and then the horse and and dog breeders and that sort of thing. So anyway, it's completely there. It's almost 180 degrees opposite. And that means nothing will get done.
0: That doesn't surprise me here in the state pretty of Florida, much, really? Pretty much. I'd be very I mean, surprised you
2: know, if they're able to come up with anything.
0: I mean, it's taken it, – it took what? It took uh, 13 years for them to go from quarter 50 cent to, you know, allowing us to, to do what the most of the rest of the country does, you know, where, wherever they have gambling. it's. Uh, I, I just don't see this. I'll tell you what, though. You know, they they in one of those things. You didn't mention that the state tried to hold the uh, the 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 feet of the Seminole tribe to the fire, and they sued, and and they wound up coming up ahead on on that right. lawsuit, which right.
2: allowing them to allowing keep their them games. to keep
0: what they have without actually giving the state a, a red cent. But for they've it. been
2: putting that money aside to. to they have to the because state, they're so, hoping
0: uh, to get everything the other right. the other things, but technically they don't have to. And now they're the ones who have the, the the state, you know, bent over a barrel now. So. Right.
2: So anyway, we'll keep you up to date on what happens with the legislature this year over the next few weeks. A lot more information will be coming out. Uh, we'll get uh, some maybe some of the reporters that are covering that very closely to come on the show and, and give us more of a breakdown. But let me ask you one last question before we break here, and that is uh, looking back on 1997, and, uh, you know, when the poker came in and now here we are, uh, you know, 20 years later, uh, what happened to, uh, all the huge increases in crime, prostitution, and everything that people said, uh, would ruin the lifestyle here in South Florida. It just hasn't happened. Uh,
0: no, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, like I said, I've, I've said it before on the show when we were in Fort Pierce, you'd have thought we were opening up a crack house and a whore house in the same building and, uh. You know, it's it's just the ridiculousness of, of the anti-gambling people who just work on fear not instead of Not that there aren't logic. problems
2: for some people who can't pro- handle listen, gambling.
0: Yeah, exactly. Listen, there are. But you know what? Being a former gambler, being someone who loved to gamble, you're going to do it regardless. Right. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're not supposed to sports gamble. Correct. Only Vegas has the only, quote, legal sports gambling place in the United States. You walk into any paranutual and you, you, you linger around enough, especially by the bars where the sporting events are on, you're going to hear people yeah, placing you know people wagers. People are, are
2: betting on people it. People anyway.
0: are placing wagers. People at the table are talking, hey, I'm getting seven points on this team. You want some of that action? Come on! Why do we keep sticking our heads in the sand? And, and, and where is it
2: driving sense. the money to? To the underground bookie that yeah. uh, you know. You know, they, uh, they, the, all they, these things no that, they, that
0: they want to protect us from. Make this damn thing legal and put the regulations in there. Okay, sanction it. Earn some tax dollars from this from both sides. And everybody will be happy.
2: Okay. Uh, Let's take a break here on the show. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Isle Casino and uh, what's going on over there. And uh, I was up there quite a bit this weekend. So uh, we'll talk about that. I played in a tournament and uh, had some fun. So let's take a break here. We'll be back with more on the show after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line.
0: So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.
2: Back on the show, Poker Action Line from South Florida. And we are talking South Florida tonight. Uh, Just uh, got back from uh, the Isle Casino uh, Monday night. uh, Spent about five hours over there watching the final table. And we'll give you some of the results there. Uh, I played by the way, uh, two things in closing out about some of these local casinos. Uh, Gulfstream Park, uh, their casino operation was taken over by Genting. So they now have a a foot in the door there. Of course, uh, Gulfstream is... uh, particularly concentrating on their uh, horse racing, and, of course, they had the Big Pegasus no. Cup, and uh, they got the Florida Derby coming up. This week's the Fountain mm-hmm. of Youth Stakes and, and all kinds of great racing. So and they, they've been having a
0: great racing season. Yeah, they really good. have. And
2: but Genting now runs their casino and, and poker operations, so uh, there's a change there. Has that there. affected
0: our friends, Scott, over there? Uh, I
2: don't believe so, not yet. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was I just found out about this today, which is kind of a bad commentary on my part, but... Back in September, uh, the Isle Casino was sold, agreed on a sale, and they are being sold to uh, El Dorado, which uh, is an operation out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, I've been to their casino in Shreveport, Louisiana, Bossier City, Shreveport, and also uh, the uh, casino out in Reno. I've been to that one as well. So uh, they are taking over the Isle, and, you know, you would think that – uh, I don't know if they'll be changing the name or not. Isle of Capri was the owners uh, previous to that. And, from- and I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, this is a very lucrative casino that takes. We, of course, the Indians, we have no idea how much they're making on their casino. But as far as the paramutuals, which is all reported by the state, uh, they had a month where they uh, made $15 million. Uh, I think it was December or January. And they constantly do t- 12, $13 million a month from their casino operation. Uh, their poker room is uh, probably the rakes in the most money of all everything except for the Hard Rock as well. Uh, well, probably
0: Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville. If you, I'm talking I mean, about locally. Right. Locally, they're the number one uh, big boy on the block, which they, you know, when Mike Smith was there before Stan Strickland, you know, it was, was always flirting around a million
2: dollars and. Uh,
0: we won't find out until a little bit later this month, but they probably did over two million last month because of the WSOP.
2: I think I think Best Bet Jacks is number one. I believe uh maybe West Palm uh, Beach. West Palm Beach number two, the Isle's number three. Yeah, West
0: Palm and, and the Isle used to always fight every month, one would edge out the other.
2: And, and then rounding out the top five you got Daytona Beach and yeah. uh Derby Lane in Saint yeah. Petersburg.
0: So well now you gotta actually include uh, you know, Hialeah because Hialeah is doing yeah, seven hundred. yeah
2: they're doing about six hundred now six hundred a month, but okay. these other ones are up around a million or just under
0: well i, I remember Derby Lane being under seven when I was there, but um uh, you know the big thing is the aisle from uh, people that I do know over there and that I've spoken to and i I thought you had known uh there are other properties, I'm assuming the aisle here is done well, but Apparently, it hasn't been run very well.
2: Yeah, they have a lot Their of river other properties boats, uh, have, have
0: lost a lot of money.
2: Bettendorf, Iowa, Lake Charles, Louisiana, several. They have about uh, 10 or 12 of them around the country. I yeah,
0: think. and apparently they have
2: not made the amount of money, so
0: this is why the sale came through and, you know, uh, just like Genting now at Gulfstream, as we mentioned just a few moments ago, taking over at Gulfstream for their casino and poker operations. We're going to wait and see what happens here because um, there are people out there that could care less about the, the poker, Dave. Yeah. You know, and no matter, even though they're doing a million dollars a month, uh, you know, when you calculate the cost and, and dealers and everything else, you know, they they may not view it as, as a, uh, you know, a viable option going forward, or they may want to cut back on that. I mean, look look what happened to me and, and Miami Highlight with their poker room with us doing four hundred to 500,000 every month. It right. wasn't enough for exactly.
2: them. Exactly. Anyway, uh, the tournament over at the aisle, the series was called the Battles at the Beach. Uh, I think this was maybe the seventh year for it, sixth or seventh year, something like that. Uh, main event, $1,500 buy in, and a really nice field. Uh, a lot of. F- Florida players uh, because of the California swing going on at the same time. And of course, all the other big tournaments overseas. Uh, but it was a very intensive South Florida group. So pretty much anybody who's a, a big name player that lives here in South Florida was at this event. Uh, went over there Monday, went over there Sunday for a little while and talked to uh Quite a few people uh talked to maurice hawkins for a little bit he's going to be on the show before too long has he gotten a backer uh no he didn't mention that <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of a steve carp and uh chris Bolick, and a bunch of people over there i didn't see those guys on sunday but uh, i did see a few other people and uh, then i went back for the final table on monday night and when i got there there were six players left uh, nigel murray went out uh, ryan van sanford and uh, Josias Santos were the were the first three, leaving a, a battle of three guys, and uh, the lead just kept going back and forth, and and it was uh, pr- pretty interesting. It was uh, Uri Kadash uh, from Davy who was uh, eventually declared the winner because they decided after going at it for about two hours, and they went to a break, and when they came back, they started discussing a chop, and they got it done right away. So, uh, Kadash, uh, I think first price was supposed to be $171,000. Uh, it turns out Kadash accepts uh, $120,035. Uh, Joey Cowden uh, from Ohio collected 120000 even. So, it was which an is, equal chop. Well, so, wasn't, it really wasn't because, uh, and Daryl Fish was third, uh, 98000 But the chip counts at the time were like $6.2 $5.3 $2.8 so uh, Cowden, who had quite a bit less chips uh, than the leader. Did quite well
0: with only, 98. You know,
2: basically, it was almost even. You're right about that. Uh, but uh, Uri got the trophy and the extra 35 bucks. Actually,
0: $235, right? Didn't you say? No, two... 35 Oh, it was 30 I thought it was
2: 235
0: 120035 35 So 30, a whole
2: $35, huh? Anyway, uh, I did uh, speak to all three players. I want to uh, run those quick interviews, two short ones with uh, the guys I didn't know that well, and then a little longer one with Daryl Fish. But we'll start out with uh, Uri who uh, who is declared the winner. Uh, Really interesting hands where they uh, they flipped uh, as far as who was ahead. Kadash uh, was short-stacked down to about 200,000 chips, built it all the way up to 5 million chips, uh, was in control, and then Cowden took the lead back. Uh, Fish was right there the whole time, and then at the end, they finally made a deal. But anyway, uh, the first one I talked to was Uri Kadash following his win at the Iowa Casino with Uri Kadash uh, here at the Isle Casino. Uh, the battles at the beach is now over. And uh, it's a three-way chop, but you, you get to take home the trophy as the, the top chip holder. Um, a big roller coaster for you this week. You you led the, you, you in the chip counts earlier in the tournament for quite a while. And then you were all of a sudden down... Uh, earlier in one of the breaks tonight, it's 720K. Everyone else is ahead of you. There's seven players Yeah, I went down to almost 200,000. Okay. I was like four or five big blinds. So that's a huge roller coaster. Then you oh. came right back with a couple of big hands. Tell us how you turned it around and what your thoughts were. I mean, the cards were just turned around, and I uh, started to run good.
0: Uh, I cracked aces with king nine, which was a big break for me. Right. And in the end, they just didn't stop and the uh, jail was very aggressive and it was very passive to him
2: and uh, just kept hitting the board and I uh, did good i'm not real familiar with your history so i wouldn't say i wouldn't know if this was your biggest tournament ever but uh no, how does not. it rank up there no i had bigger wins okay yeah and uh biggest one here in south florida uh, no. No? No. Okay, I had a bigger one in the Hard Rock. In the Hard Rock, okay. Yeah. And uh, what's your plans with the big Hard Rock series coming up? Uh, it seems like some of these guys, uh, Daryl's coming in off a win. Uh, Osias was coming in off a win. Uh, you know, now that you got this under your belt, you must be looking forward to the uh, tournaments at the Hard Rock coming up. I am looking uh, to play the hard rock. I am. I was planning to play them regardless, but I play in the hard rock. Is there such a thing as just getting on a roll, or is it just a confidence thing? It's getting on a roll, and then you need to get the confidence. It's okay. come together. With it. And would you say that uh, it was the quality of your play or the quality of your cards that got the job done tonight? It was a combination. Yeah? It was a combination. I guess it always is, right? Yes. Okay, yes. congratulations. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Joey Cowden here uh, chopping three ways for the title in the battles at the beaches. Unfortunately... Cleveland lost for the second straight time to the Heat tonight, but uh, you can put that off to the side, right? Tell me your thoughts about uh, winning this thing. Well, it's not really a win, it kind of is a win, but uh, it feels good with collecting the money, right? Yeah, sure, it feels great. Uh, you really kind of a roller coaster. You had a huge lead at one point, and then you went down, and, and, and you're almost out of the tournament, and you got a great river card with that queen to keep you alive. <laughs> Tell us about that hand. Um, so I guess I got a little out of line, and I ran an ace king, and uh, the lady saved me on the river. I guess. Yeah. It's you know, always good was. to depend on the females, right? <laughs> coming along at the right time. My uh, whole life. You've always had success here. I know that you've uh, you've uh, ran real deep in a couple of tournaments. I think you won one here. Is that not,
1: not correct? Well, I uh, we did a three-way shop We did a, a three-way chop where. I, where uh, Technically, I got the trophy,
0: but I gave it up for, for 100 bucks. And then uh, we did another three-way shop where we played for some the next time I found a table. I ended up coming in third and got the, the smallest piece there. But.
2: Okay. You were a little bit short on chips to him, to Uri, so he gets the trophy, but you made out uh, only $35 less. So you got to be <laughs> happy about that. Sure, sure. Nothing to complain about uh when you guys left for break did you think you were going to play it out because I think we could have sat How here another
1: two three hours yeah I wasn't planning on chopping it but uh you know they came to me like you know we we want to chop it and and I asked me for a number I gave them a number and they said okay so
2: I was it now you're originally from Ohio you, yeah. you live there still no I, I moved down here uh last November okay and uh obviously the hard Rocks just around the corner sure. uh tournament champions obviously you may not qualify for that but right. of course the the showdown has is, uh, is been such a huge tournament in this town yeah. uh, for a long time. I'm sure you're looking forward to that whole series. Sure. Sure, I'll be over there. What are your plans uh, on what you're going to play there? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It just depends
1: on what's going on. Is that you usually know? what you do? You just kind of yeah, play mean, by I, ear? I didn't jump in this thing until, like, I mean, I busted a, a bullet early on, on day one C, but uh, then I played cash for a while, and I jumped in at, like, 11 p.m., You know, like right right before
2: uh, the end of day one. Okay. Well, congratulations. Great tournament. Thanks, man. Uh, That's Joey Cowden. Before him was uh, Uri Kadash. One and two in this event officially, uh, both taking around $120,000 for their uh, win. Again, this was a $1,500 buy in, so uh, they had a nice turnout at this one and uh, smashed a guarantee of. Half a million that uh, was crushed easily. <laughs> yeah. they. I think 472 players or something like that. 472, and the well, buy-in
0: was, again? 1,500. 1,500. Yeah, well... Joey did well if he entered uh, almost in that last hour, as he said. He fired one bullet, so two bullets for 120000
2: Not bad. Exactly. Anyway, the other player we talked to, obviously, was Daryl Fish, who finished in third. Uh, We've known Daryl for quite a while. He's been on the show many times, always uh, very interesting and uh, and generous with his time as well. And uh, we got a chance to talk about a few things. Uh, With him uh, after uh, the tournament, uh, very happy with uh, finishing third and collecting uh, 98000 Daryl Fish. D-Fish in the house again, uh, coming off a win at Parks last week, like only 10 days or so ago. Yeah, not even. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that one first before this uh, tournament tonight.
1: Uh, Well, I was planning to go to Immokalee that weekend to play the um, tournament they had over there. And then last minute, I realized that the Parks tournament was going to be a much bigger field, much bigger prize pool, and I realized that a friend of mine lives about 30 minutes from Parks, and so I could stay for free with her, and so that would take out of the expenses. And the flight was like 200 bucks round trip. Um, and I had never played there, so I said alright, I'm just going to go up there for the weekend and play that. Went up, played the main event, did no good in that, and then played the 2500 and ended up chopping uh, for first place in that one, so it was a good weekend. So I guess the only downside is you missed out on one of Immokalee's finest hotels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really missed out on a great, I mean, I, it's I've heard good things about okay. the new uh, renovations there, and I do want to check it out, but the tournament is very small, and the prize pool is small, so I was happy to play a bigger tournament. Okay, uh, here at the the battle of the beaches uh you,
2: you finish with a three-way chop here uh take home 98,000 uh making the uh the take at parks look like a mere pittance 63,000
1: i guess up there uh yeah i mean it's all good <laughs> i mean every dollar counts you know and i play this game to make money uh not really to win trophies trophies are cool but i don't mind giving it up if it means getting a little more money in a situation. Uh, Trophies don't pay bills and don't help me travel the world and have a good time. So, uh, yeah, I ran really well in this tournament, Uh, got really lucky in some all-in situations. I think I played well also, but there's a lot of luck involved in tournaments and I would be the first to admit that I was very fortunate to get this far. And both the guys left were playing really well. I know both of them really well, so I was happy to make a deal. This was a battle that could have gone on for a couple hours
2: longer if you guys hadn't made a deal. Mm -hmm. It seemed like uh, really tough to get the upper hand on anybody.
1: Yeah, uh, that was part of the reason we chopped at parks as well. We were really deep, and we didn't want to play for another six hours potentially. And the same situation applied here. This could have gone on three, four more hours, and anything can happen. And when everybody's playing pretty well, uh, you're just kind of gambling for a lot of money and uh, maybe if I was a millionaire I would not mind gambling for that kind of money but I'm not and I'm happy to take the variance out of the equation and just make an equitable deal that makes everybody happy. Okay, let me ask you a little about uh, the
2: the, uh, Isle casino here. Uh, It's obviously changed over the last few years. Uh, At one point they had a Fifty-three hundred dollar buy-in main event uh, for the Florida State uh, Poker Championship, but uh, uh, there's been kind of a, a change in philosophy here to kind of cater to some of the smaller players. What are you guys that play huge tournaments, huge buy-in tournaments all over the place? Uh, what do you feel about the changes here, and, and is it for a good thing or a bad thing?
1: Um, Well, first of all, the Isle is the first place I played in South Florida uh, when I moved down here and started playing poker. Uh, I have a lot of history here. I love this place, um, and it's always been run really well. Um, Now, like you're saying, the market has shifted for them, and the Hard Rock that I represent has kind of cornered that market for the higher-stakes buy-ins. And... I think the Isles made an, a wise decision in adjusting to that instead of trying to compete. Um, and so by dropping their buy-ins, they've kind of found a niche where they can appeal to a different crowd and still have you know, their main event be big enough to attract some of the higher-stakes players. And I'm not going to come here to play a $200 tournament, but they get people that might not want to go to the Hard Rock and play a $1,000 tournament. So I think they've done a good thing overall. And uh, while I would like to see personally them to have 5K tournaments or whatever, I think for their business, uh, which is what they should probably be thinking about, uh, they've made a good decision, and I like where they're headed. They
2: actually had a couple $40 tournaments yeah. in this thing, and I played in one of those. I wouldn't have played in a tournament for even $150 probably, but for $40, i will give it a shot, and I think it kind of brings new people into the tournament game.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. It lets people who have little to no experience take a chance and play a tournament. Uh, the flip side of that is the rake on those buy-ins is very high, proportionately. Um, so in terms of value, you're kind of getting the short end the stick, uh, but if people just want to play a tournament and have fun, then they're not necessarily concerned about the rake being a little higher, and uh, it's nice that they have an option other than going to like a bar league or something like that, come to a real casino and play a real tournament and potentially get a trophy, so it's pretty cool. Okay, ten days ago, you win
2: at Parks. Here, you chop in third place. Uh, beautiful payoff here.
1: Uh, ten
2: days from now, is there something else on the, that you're looking forward to? I guess one of the Hard Rock tournaments.
1: Uh, well, fewer than 10 days. The, there's a WPT deep sacks in Jacksonville uh, okay. this coming weekend, so I'll be heading up there in a few days to uh, hopefully continue to ride the cedar and uh, have another big score. Absolutely, and you've had success, I know, before at
2: Jacksonville. Uh, it's really uh, amazing what's happening in the state of Florida over the last six, seven years. I mean, uh, even Tampa now, kind of edging in there with the Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa to maybe have a major tournament before too long there too as well.
1: Yeah, uh, Florida tournament scene is unparalleled Uh, That's the reason I've actually just decided to move back here. I was traveling and I lived in Vegas for a while. Um, And the tournament scene here is so strong. And even though I'm trying to play fewer tournaments, having the options in your backyard to play a nice $1,500 5K tournament every month is pretty amazing. And, uh, of course, the Hard Rock is doing amazing things. But like you said, the Isle, we got Tampa, we got Jacksonville, so many places. um, And they're all doing a really good job with their tournament scene. So uh, I like where Florida Poker is headed. Okay. And then... And back home for the seminal hard rock showdown i'm sure you'll be
2: there uh, how many events are you going to play in that series
1: yeah i mean that's the pinnacle series of the year outside of the world series of poker and uh i'll be there the whole series playing pretty much every event 300 dollars or higher um my that's basically my home casino now so uh yeah i'll be playing as many tournaments as uh, they'll let me buy into okay last question i promise Uh, We've talked many times about the World Series, and you haven't
2: always been thrilled with the way they've run things. Uh, You know, maybe some of the pricing on some of the food and and different things surrounding the tournaments, of course. Best competition, obviously, in the world, so you almost
1: have to be there the whole time. Uh, What are your plans this summer for the World Series? Um, Yeah, actually, this summer I'm finally going to take some time and not go the whole summer. I'm going to kind of either break it up and go for a week in the beginning and then go towards the end or more likely what I'm going to do is just wait until the final three weeks and go in fresh for the bigger tournaments and the main event. Um... Like you said, for all those reasons, I don't really like being there and playing, even though the competition's great and the the payoffs are huge. Um, In terms of, like, where I want to do with my life and how I manage my happiness levels, um, being there grinding away every single day at the Rio is not what makes me feel happiness. So uh, if I can cut back on that a little bit and then go in fresh for the tournaments that matter more, I think overall that's a better approach. So that's the way I'm going to do it this year. And neither is living with ten guys in a house for seven weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've veered away from that uh, strategy since. But it's a good experience, you know, and uh, there's different ways to approach it, and it's fun when you have a big group. So I hope you have a big summer. Thanks, Dave
2: uh Daryl Fish obviously always uh fun and interesting and uh has an opinion and is not afraid to express it so uh I always enjoy talking to him having him on the show uh before we get to a break I just want to run one hand by you Joe uh we'll work a little strategy into this and and obviously I wouldn't be bringing this up except this was the hand I got knocked out in the, in the $40 tournament all right don't tell me what to, how well I know you got knocked out in it but I'd
0: like to hear the, the okay. give me the, well, the beginning of that
2: it was 20 minutes into the tournament so uh uh, you know, I, I really didn't plan to buy in a second time, although I would if I could. So um, basically, uh, I had really not got a lot of hands to start out with. Uh, I would lost one fairly good sized one. So it started with a $12,000 stack, and I think I was uh, under nine or right around okay. nine. So plenty of play left, obviously. But I'm looking to start to make things happen uh, because this is obviously a small term. I looked up at the prize pool, there was already a hundred and. 30 players involved, and in, uh, the top 15, the lowest uh, payoff was like $73 for a $40 buy-in. So I'm seeing there's not a ton of money to be made in this thing, obviously, but I was there to have some fun. and
0: oh, you got to go deep
2: to make money. Yeah, obviously. And uh, it, as it ended up, I think they had like 400 players or something like that. But uh, Wow, that was a $16,000 yeah, well, pool. Well, my thought was to uh, to, to come. It was a 10000 guarantee for the $40, which is, you know, it's going to be pretty good. So. Anyway, I got Ace King of Diamonds. Okay. So uh, I'm looking to uh, do something with it. I think uh, the binds were like 50 and 100. Uh, There was a lady at the table that raised to 500. Uh, The next guy called, and uh, I went ahead and called. Uh, You know, I I had a good hand, but I wanted to kind of see what was going to happen. Uh, the flop was ace, queen, four, a rainbow. Okay. So I got was my- Was one of those I,
0: rainbows uh, one of the queen of the four diamond?
2: Uh, don't remember. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, the lady led out. Uh, the next guy called, and I raised- because now I got obviously a pair of aces with a nice kicker, and uh, so I raised I think to fifteen hundred or something like that. She goes all in. The uh, other guy goes in, and, uh, and he has. I would have
0: thrown my cards in the yeah, muck. Real I should have.
2: I should have right away. Of course, first, you know I, first I lose that loses First,
0: that tells you right there that the worst hand you're looking at is aces and queens. That's the worst. You're probably looking at a set somewhere along that line.
2: Well. And again, I get these details mixed up a little bit. Maybe it was after the the turn that we went all in. I think okay. it was basically because the turn was a king. So okay. I now have two. Oh, well, so, I, I so, have two so pair if aces if that kings. happened
0: there, you're you're, you're you're pro. Like I said, my guess is somebody had a set. Somebody probably yeah. caught the ten jack for the
2: for the exactly. for the straight. Well, this is, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the lady <laughs> no, had. an easy, the that's had an easy the, read, Dave. That the la- was why. I know the that's lady had pocket read. queens. The other guy had jack ten, and uh, so not only was I eliminated with uh, only you know six outs, I guess. Uh, well, no, not yeah, even four had, outs. You had four, four
0: outs. outs to go. On well, actually, uh, what did what was the set that you were looking at? Do you it's, remember?
2: She had queens. She had okay. pocket queens, so, so and yeah. there was a queen on okay. the flop. Uh, he got, he made his straight on the turn with the king. Which is a ridiculous
0: play on yeah, his I part. Yeah, I know. It really I was, was. I thought it was bad. I couldn't even imagine. Put it this way. If it was one person and he turns over that straight, he's got me. But when, when the lady who raised pushes all in on that, I'm definitely putting her on a set. All right. Okay. So I don't
2: have it probably exact. I exactly when everyone went all in. But I thought, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking I have a pretty good hand. I still have a chance to catch. And I guess I, what I want to explain is kind of my thought process was a $40 tournament. I could buy in again. Uh, so I got to make something happen, get a get a, a little bit of a stack so I can uh, maybe muscle some people was, around. Your if was
0: that's, if that's your thought process, I would have pushed – before the flop. Yeah. Now, as it turns out, it either one of those people calls you, you're dead anyway. Yeah, probably you know, dead as it dead. turns was out probably
2: dead anyway. As it turns out.
0: But, you know, uh that's how Ace King plays out. Yeah. Ace King is a very treacherous hand. It's a cool as a, as you mentioned that last night Ace King, me playing online, killed me. Okay. Now Pocket Kings and Pocket Jacks were great for me. I had a very good night, but Ace King I got I, I ran into a set that I never saw because I had I someone had raised I slow played my ace king like you did, and the flop had come ace three eight rainbow, and I honestly thought I was really good. And when I re-raised, somebody went all in, and at that point I knew I knew I was looking at a set. And yeah. I had put I put yeah, in yeah. too much money to fold.
2: Anyway, uh, as I looked at the the situation and that I was going to have to hang around for four or five hours to make the money. And uh, if I, unless I, you know, finished in the top three, two or three, there really wasn't a lot of money to be oh, made. No. I decided not to rebuy in, okay. and I just took off and went home, went played for free online. So uh, <laughs> that was it for the night for me. But I, I just wanted to bring that up, and uh, obviously I've uh, got a lot to learn still. But
0: that's hey, but th- this is how you learn it. This is exactly. how you learn it. Uh,
2: I still want to take a quick look at uh, Bay 101 and the uh, rest of the California swing out there. Uh, we'll finish that up when we come back. But let's take a break here on the show. We'll finish things up when we return you're listening to poker action line uh a new place uh, where you can find the show is soundcloud uh, download that app it's a great app and you pick us up there very easily and uh, we are tweeting out a lot of messages through soundcloud which is uh associated with twitter i guess in some way and uh anyway we'll uh we'll check that out so uh, download that you'll have some fun with a lot of the great stuff on there we'll be back with more of the show and finish things up right after this
0: this is poker action line
2: odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us and the play-for-real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of
1: NHRA Tuesday, Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. love being on the show because it usually means so we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com.
2: Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up. Uh, the big place to be right now this week and actually uh, throughout much of March is California uh, because the WSOP circuit is uh, being played at the Bicycle Casino. Uh, in Los Angeles, uh, that uh, finishes up March 15th uh, with their main event. Uh, that uh, main event gets underway this weekend uh, on Saturday and Sunday with opening days uh, at the uh, the bicycle out there. Uh, then they, the circuit moves to Atlantic City and then the Hard Rock in Tulsa, Oklahoma, before they go to uh, Old Haunted Hon- Viewers uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, Horseshoe Hosh- sure. Council Bluffs. Anyway, uh, I did want to mention uh, the California swing on the WPT, which they just finished up uh, last week on, or actually over the weekend, at uh, LAPC, which uh, finished up with Daniel Strelitz. We were on the show last week, I think, with Mike Sexton still alive. He ended up finishing in fourth place. Daniel Strelitz was the winner. That was at the Commerce Casino in Bell Gardens, California, outside Los Angeles there, and uh, Strelitz uh, took the win there. Uh, winning a million dollars, a million one thousand one hundred and ten dollars. Simeon Nidenoff uh, took second, Jared Greiner was third, Mike Sexton fourth, Jesse Martin fifth, and Richard Turum uh, rounded out the final table uh, on that one. Sexton wins three hundred thousand. Uh, having just a tremendous uh, breakout year, uh, not really a breakout because he's obviously been around for a long time, but. Uh, he's rejuvenated. A, yes, Let's he's having a hell, a hell of a, a
0: 2017 a start, hell of a start there.
2: So then uh, the the WPT moves immediately up the coast to uh, San Jose in the San Francisco Bay Area for Bay 101. The Shooting Star uh, main event uh, is underway on Day 2 today. They had two uh, Day 1s. Day 1A uh, was led by Eddie Sabat. And then the leader uh, with the two uh, combined uh days there the two combined uh, day ones uh steven Grainer, uh the chip leader going into today uh igor yaroshevsky third rayner Kempe in fourth place uh justin young in 10th and uh chino reem right there in the, in the in the top 20 as well and a few others uh going into t- to today Uh, They are down now to, uh, let's get a count. There was 802 total players, the most ever for uh, that event, as they continue to do well. It's a tournament that uh, they have the shooting stars, which are bounties in the event. If you knock out one of the bounties, you get $2,500. You get a T-shirt with their picture on it that they sign for you, and you also get a special uh, uh, medallion, the shooting star bounty medallion. So uh, those three things, if you knock out someone, and there's one at every table, a uh, list of tremendous players, obviously, uh, you know, at uh, for the bounties here. Up-and-coming young stars plus uh, well-known players like uh, uh, Antonio Sfondiari and Matt Glantz, uh, Phil Helmuth, Maria Ho, uh, Mike Mattisau, Chris Mormon, Minn Scotty Wynn, Eric Seidel. They're all playing at this thing this week. So it's a tremendous event. And uh, they are moving on now in day two. Let's see if we can give you an update on that. Uh, 802 total players, and they are now 126 is uh, left here. And uh, really one of the great tournaments of the year that uh, people love playing.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, See
2: if you can give you a chip leader here, and uh, we will be following that, of course, and give you all the results next week. Following uh, the Bay 101, they head up to Sacramento, Rolling Thunder is uh, the final California swing. And then people start heading down here to South Florida for the Seminole uh, Hard Rock uh, Summer Showdown. Uh, Steven Grainer, still the chip leader, 585,000 chips. Rainer Kempy is third. Chino Reem is fourth with 440,000. Matt Affleck uh, in the top 10 as well with 390,000. Uh, Joe Rock doing well, 315. And Sorrell Mizzi with 255K. Chance Corneth 240,000, Matt Stout 220, and a couple of uh, shooting stars are uh, broadcasters. David Tuckman, who does the, uh, uh, the the streams from the World Series of Poker during the summer, he is uh, at 218,000. And one of the chip leaders uh, during day one was uh, Lon McCarran and uh so he is also doing pretty well as 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 well and uh still alive in that event as far as i know so anyway that's the bay 101 and uh one of the enjoyable tournaments but uh certainly we'll be following that next week so yep. uh what's your plans uh over the next uh Few weeks, any playing ahead of you? Uh, I know you're working and dealing uh, just, cards and doing a little uh, flooring. Listen, having having that that uh,
0: un, uh, forced sabbatical that I was on for so long without work and still taking care of my daughter's college pays, it's a little difficult. As a matter of fact, though, I do. I've I've already discussed this with the wife for next year. I'd love to go down there and play in the seniors' event in the WSOP next year. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna. I'm going to research that, find out. I mean, obviously, I can't do it this year with the new job and everything, but next year I'm going to try to plan it so I have a couple of weeks off at that time and go down there and enjoy that.
2: By the way, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown main event, uh, March 31st through April 2nd, $3,500 buy-in. And then the following week is the big tournament of champions for people who have uh, won major WPT events over the series history. In 15 seasons, and also people who have won uh, events in the last year will have a chance to get in that uh, $15,000 buy-in. That's going to be a huge event as well. So we'll be over covering that over the next few weeks. Looking forward to that. It should be fun. Anyway, that's our show for tonight. Thanks for being with us once again. Uh, 20 years of poker from the Paramutuals and go back another five years to uh, Seminoles and uh, Miccosukee's uh, back then, you would have never thought uh, we'd have what we have now, uh, looking 25 years down the line, oh, would you? Oh,
0: absolutely not, especially after my experience in Tallahassee. So I guess that's something to be grateful for.
2: Anyway, that's going to do it. Don't forget to download that SoundCloud app. Uh, certainly is a great way to listen to the show. Uh, or go to our website or uh, iTunes and, and pick up some previous shows if you want to. Uh, last week's show, I really highly recommend the show we did with uh, Stacy Acey. Uh, here in the studio and that was a lot of fun a lot of great other interviews uh, over the past uh, six months or so so check it out uh, you can go to uh, our website pokeractionline.com click on the yellow box on the front page and check out all the shows uh, at your leisure and have some fun with it that's going to do it Geo. thank you as usual Joe uh, thanks for everything and we'll see you next week on another edition of the show
1: the views and opinions of the hosts guests or callers are not necessarily those of the station its owners advertisers or agencies